Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Take nothing. When the disciples prepare to go, Jesus says, take nothing. No bread, no bag, no money. Nothing. Well, wear extra clothes. Wear shoes, bring a walking stick, and other than that, take nothing. Why? Every time that I read this story, I cannot help but wonder why. Jesus is preparing them to go and teach and heal and offer compassion. Jesus is preparing the disciples to bear witness to Christ's love, to resurrection, so that anyone who might hear might also know God's love. Now, if I were traveling, if I were setting out like these disciples, I think there are some things that I would probably want to bring along. Most likely some creature comforts and maybe some useful things. Perhaps something in case there's a contingency. Maybe some tools, perhaps. Uh, maybe a book. Maybe coffee. Definitely coffee. I think I would bring coffee. I would want that every morning. Typically, though, when we read this instruction of Jesus, we talk about trust. We remember that in all circumstances of our lives, we are to trust God. And this is a story about trust. And we don't need to take anything to trust God. But when we read this instruction with trust in mind, we sometimes begin to tell ourselves and others a version of this story that sounds like this. Take nothing because God will provide. Take nothing because God will make it work. Take nothing because God will see to it. Take nothing because it will be a distraction from your faith or God's call or my faith. Take nothing because we need to be able to rely on God faithfully with nothing getting in the way. And all of these can be true in certain circumstances, but not necessarily universally. I have found that careless interpretations of a focus on trust can also lead to behavior that ignores our human needs and human reality as we relate to God. It can neglect what we need for our lives and our relationships and our emotions. And it can forget the gifts. It can ignore the gifts which God has given us. It can also suggest that in so many circumstances that we are helpless when we are not. Those versions of trust seem to forget 
the ways in which God and God's love works through the lives of people, through the lives of people, not just around the lives of people. And we are called to trust God, but not at the expense of the gifts and relationships and abilities which God has given us to use as we minister to one another and to our neighbors. John Bell is a teacher and a leader in the Iona community in Scotland. He wrote a fictionalized series of conversations between Jesus and the disciple Peter. In one conversation, Jesus tells Peter to come, follow me. And Peter asks where they are going, and Jesus is noncommittal about the destination. Peter asks what they will do, and Jesus says, well, we're going to go meet some people. Then Peter asks what he should take with him, and Jesus says, just bring yourself. Now, this is where Peter gets irritated, and he begins to push back on Jesus. I don't want to go on a mystery trip to an unknown destination, Jesus, to meet people that I don't know without having that I want to bring anything that I want to bring with me. In this conversation again and again, Peter asks if he can bring something that he might want or that he thinks that he needs. Now remember, this is John Bell's interpretation of the story. And Peter asks if he can bring somebody else with him. And Jesus says, just bring yourself. Peter asks if he can bring a book in case he gets bored. He asks if he can bring music in case he gets sad. He asks if he can bring a pair of jeans in case there is a party. I'm sure they had parties in Galilee. And again and again, Jesus says to Peter, just bring yourself. And finally, Jesus says to Peter, just bring yourself. It is more than enough. It is more than enough. And I love John Bell's reading of Jesus calling disciples because Jesus says, you are enough. Jesus says, take nothing with you because you are enough. Take nothing, Jesus says, no bread, no bag, no money, nothing. Well, wear shoes. Definitely wear shoes, good shoes. Other than that, take nothing with you. And while we can spend all kinds of good and fruitful energy, intelligence, and imagination, and love, and all the many ways that we need to trust God more or better with our lives, we do also need to trust God with the things which God has given us, which includes ourselves. See, we need to remember to trust God, but we also need to remember that in addition to Jesus, God has given the world people. And the people have gifts to share. Now, if we were to move from a trust-focused reading to, say, a focus on gift-mindedness, 
we might hear the phrase, take nothing with you in a new way. Take nothing with you because God has given you the gifts that you need for the journey. Take nothing with you because those gifts are enough. Take nothing with you because you can make a difference because God will work through you. Take nothing with you because your life does matter to someone and will matter to someone else. Throughout Scripture, God trusts people. God trusts a hapless Moses on a mountain to teach God's people faith. God trusts a small boy with a slingshot named David to save God's people. God trusts an old and barren woman named Sarah to have a child. God trusts an unmarried teenage mother named Mary to give birth to God's only son. And God calls unqualified fishermen to become the disciples who will share the good news of Jesus, upon whom God will build God's church. God trusts people to share their lives, their gifts, their faith with other people. And God has entrusted everyone with their gifts take nothing with you because sharing the gifts that you have and the person whom God has made you to be is all you need for the journey. There's a poet named Padre Gotuma. A few weeks ago, he wrote an article about seeing a therapist in his 20s. The therapist was this quiet man who asked a lot of questions, said very little, and created a space where Otuma could be himself and come to conclusions about his own life's concerns in his own time. Well, after about three years, at their very last meeting, Otuma admitted to his therapist how very angry he was with the therapist following their first meeting. Otuma writes, I had come along laden with burdens that I wanted to solve, and he kept on asking me about poetry. The poet asked, why is he asking me about poetry? I came to him to solve my problems. And at their very last meeting, Otuma asked him this very question, why did the therapist keep on asking about poetry? And the therapist said that he had always had as much interest in his client's gifts as his client's griefs. Too often, people live from a place where they think they do not have what they need. I think we do this too. Do you ever feel this way? That you might not have what you need to do your job, to be a parent, to feel confident, 
to feel like you are the person you were meant to be, to share the faith that you have. So often we think we need something else. We think we need to be someone different. We think we need to have more money or a different job. Or we need to be like someone else. Or perhaps we just need an infallible plan that will work everything out. And then we might begin to think that others need to think the same way too. But when we live from an attitude of scarcity, we don't trust the instruction that Jesus gives, which is, take nothing with you. You are enough. You only need to take with you what you need to go where God is calling you to go. The disciples are asked to bring very little for the journey because God knows they already have everything that they need in order to minister to the people that they will meet. All we need to know is who God has made us to be and the gifts which God has given us to share, and nothing else is required. And to be honest, the work of knowing our own identity and our own gifts is far more difficult a task. But in the end is also a far more rewarding one for we enter into the space and the person that God has made us to be with gifts to share. One more story. This one is about shoes and gifts. Go figure, right? It is about a man named Vincent Van Gogh, whose father was a pastor and whose grandfather was a pastor. And Vincent's deep desire was himself to become a pastor. But he, of course, did not have the necessary education, nor did his family have the means or the finances to help him get that education. And so Van Gogh devoted himself to various ministerial positions that he managed to apply for and be accepted to, hoping that one day it will bring him to the opportunity in which he could become a pastor, and in his words, to minister and share the good news to the poor. Well, the official position never happened. But Van Gogh did preach his first sermon in one of these ministerial positions he held, and after preaching that sermon, he wrote a letter to his brother about the experience, saying, it is delightful, a delightful thought, that in the future, wherever I go, I shall preach the gospel. Now, one of the positions in which Van Gogh held, he was a chaplain among poor coal miners in the Netherlands. 
but the owners of these mines would not allow chaplains to preach. So he began to draw the miners, sketch them, watch them, listen to them, thinking that it could be healing for their lives and that he might be able to share their hard lives with a world that had forgotten them and neglected the miners as well as many others like them. Van Gogh did preach the good news after all, just not from a pulpit. Fulfillment of Van Gogh's call required him to accept and pursue the gifts that he had as an artist. One art historian called this his conversion to painting. One of Van Gogh's paintings is a still life of tired, weathered, worn-out shoes. They were the shoes of a street peddler, which Van Gogh had purchased quite literally off the man's feet. And he continued to explore this theme of these worn-out shoes in a series of paintings. And while other artists in the studio where Van Gogh worked were still painting still-life plates of fruit and garden scenes to hang on walls, which Van Gogh did himself, Van Gogh also chose to tell another story, one that was unexpected, a story that Van Gogh wanted people to see and to know, which was the story of neglected, forgotten, ignored human stories of peasants, laborers, miners, and peddlers whose stories would otherwise, might otherwise go untold, whose stories did not typically enter the galleries where art was displayed for patrons to see. Such a ministry happened because of an artist who was a faithful man who let his gift serve others. Somewhere in his life, he woke up to what he really needed to take with him. He simply needed some shoes and to trust the gifts and identity which God had already given him. Take nothing with you, Jesus says. It is a reminder that God has made you, has made all of us, and God has given each of us gifts. And every day, God sends you somewhere where can you can use those gifts to share good news. And my guess is that most often when we share it, it doesn't happen from a pulpit. It happens from our gifts and our person. So don't take anything with you because God trusts that you are enough. May we know this today and always. May we trust it today and always. May we give thanks to God today and always. Amen.